0: Welcome to Earth Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy. Come on into the Earth Church. Well, we are all activists, and I know that many of you out there in Radio Land are activists as well. But the word activist is everyone's now. Nobody can't have that word. Anyone has a little bit of desire and expresses that desire in any way. That's all it takes. If you took a selfie a minute for 24 hours running, people would say you were a clever activist. No meaning necessary. And today's activists can want change, but an activist can want no change. A radical stop to change is also activism. Oh, we've seen that. Oh, we don't talk about it very much in the United States. How do we... Except, how do we notice that we have this unease? We kind of sense that we've been outmaneuvered. We're locked into this dance, this strict choreography. Locked into, and, and, and yet it looks to us like we're just living ordinary moments. But something, gradually the words that were once full of important meaning that allowed us to be free, are blowing by on the highway in the wind. Trash, Che Guevara ice cream. As consumers, we are microdosing activism. We take a little bit of standing rock with our act up. And so in the end, the only activist truly and fully in the original sense of the word is the earth. The earth rolls through the cities with fire and flood and starvation. And the earth rolls through the cities with beloved autumn colors and moods, and red oaks whistling in the wind, the birds flying overhead. The earth, the earth, the earth is the only activist. Hallelujah.
1: I lived,
2: as you have in a fossil fuel era, my entire life, and I'm looking for a graceful transition out of it. I don't want to crash my way out where I can't drink the water and I can't breathe the air and everything is a toxic mess. What we want is a transition out. But, you know, what we have is an addicted society. Uh, you know, and the fossil fuel industry continues to push those addictions. You know, I heard someone talk about the colonial imagination versus the indigenous imagination. And the colonial imagination can only figure out, like, within this box. And it can't get to the place where we need to get to, where it's more than just the rights of corporations, you know, and it's more than just the rights of of first-world people. But it's also, like, what about the rest of the world, and what about the relatives, whether they have wings or fins or roots or paws? You know, that's how you survive. Maybe Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk think they can make it without the rest of us. But the rest of us know that we are part of this world, and that opportunity, is here to make a change.
3: No time like the present. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I yeah, figure yeah, yeah.
2: like. And Absolutely. And it appears that Glasgow did
3: not bring the change. Imagine Alcoholics Anonymous having right. a global conference and the biggest delegation to the conference was the alcohol industry. Right. Or in the past, a big anti slavery conference and the biggest delegation was slave owners. By the way, that's what it was. That's why slave owners got compensation and those who were slaves got no compensation. And this is how the climate negotiations are going. And now, you know, people like myself, when we look at where we get inspiration from, and I think that the inspiration right now is coming from young people, but it's also when you're looking at bodies of knowledge, indigenous wisdom teaches us the way out of this mess. Because unless Humanity can learn to coexist with nature in a mutually interdependent relationship. You know, we're not going to be around for that much longer. And I always like to tell people don't worry about saving the planet, right? Because actually, if we continue on the suicidal path we're on, we would destroy our soil, destroy our water, warm up the planet. The end result is we will be gone as a species. Yeah. And and once the plants we, will be back. Yeah. And and and, and once we <laughs> become extinct, <Yeah. laughs> the oceans will recover, the forests mm-hmm. will grow back, and so on. And this struggle therefore has to be understood as uh, saving our children and their children's future.
1: Though once we love Earth. Earth will you
0: Evolution for the Earth is simply raging, raging at this time with the releases of energy that are just unfathomable, the god of the storm. And as agents of the Earth, we have that in us as well. And as for our prediction of our own future, we have from this beyond this beyond thing, whatever it is, we have a sudden clarity. The God of the storm gives us something. It's simply true that the military at the borders will see that the border cannot defend them. They will have a new understanding. The young traumatized men will join the earth's revolt. That's what I believe They will carry a family a thousand miles, wandering and wandering. They will fly like frigate birds asleep while in flight. The toughest, hardest veterans of violence will go the way of the earth. And we will all become earth alive in some necessary way. The revolution is all, everywhere. We will be swept up into the forces that we can only call God, but God is just another flimsy border. It's the earth. We will all revolt in the earth's revolution. Institutions and nations, followers of anything any kind of human construction will dissolve in the air. We will revolt. The involuntary revolution, the mass of humans that is like breathing in the body, will take back humanity for the Earth. And you know, the Earth doesn't even have to notice I wish you vastness, vastness,
4: vastness. I wish you unknownness, knownness, knownness. I wish you peace, peace, peace. I wish you peace, peace, peace. I wish you vastness, vastness, vastness. I wish you unknownness, um, knownness, knownness. knownness. I wish you peace, peace.
5: Survive. What
4: was that flying out beyond the sky? Oh, Meet me on higher ground wish you above wish the wellness. waters, wish you peace where our peace, peace. floods out. I wish crowd. you.
5: Welcome to News from the Natural World, I'm Savitri Di. The Vibrant Oceans Initiative presented their white paper on the future of coral reefs this week. Forecasts show that coral reef ecosystems around the globe, key to huge numbers of marine species and a source of food, livelihoods and cultural heritage for half a billion people, are likely to become functionally degraded by 2050 if the goals of the Paris Climate Agreement are not met. Even with drastic emission reductions to ensure global warming is kept within 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, up to 90% of the world's corals could still vanish in the next three decades. People may be willing to condone statements they know to be false and even spread misinformation on social media if they believe those statements could become true in the future, according to research published by the American Psychological Association. Whether the situation involves a politician making a controversial statement, a business stretching the truth in an advertisement, or a job seeker lying about their professional skills on a resume, people who consider how a lie might become true subsequently think it is less unethical to tell because they judge the lie's broader message as truer. A new study reveals that elephant babies are able to keep up with the herd straight after birth. Elephant herds do not slow down for mothers who've just given birth, according to new research from the University of Oxford, in collaboration with Save the Elephants. Elephants need to keep moving in order to find the amount of food and water they need to survive. So how do families manage with new babies? The secret lies with the 22-month gestation period. That sees mature baby elephants emerge from the womb, able to keep up with the family from the day they're born. The findings published in Animal Behavior show the average daily speed of the mother did not significantly change during pregnancy, birth, or when moving with a newborn calf, except for a small dip in daily speed on the day of birth itself. In fact, the speed on the day before the elephant gave birth and the day after were not different from the yearly average speed. An enzyme with an elusive role in severe inflammation may be a key mechanism driving COVID-19 severity and could provide a new therapeutic target to reduce COVID-19 mortality, according to a study published in the Journal of Clinical Investigation. Researchers analyzed blood samples from two COVID-19 patient cohorts and found that circulation of the enzyme secreted phospholipase A2 group 2A, or SPLA22A may be the most important factor in predicting which patients with severe COVID 19 eventually succumb to the virus. SPLA22A, which has similarities to an active enzyme in rattlesnake venom, is found in low concentrations in healthy individuals and has long been known to play a critical role in defense against bacterial infections, destroying microbial cell membranes. When the activated enzyme circulates at very high levels, it has the capacity to shred the membranes of vital organs. In South Africa, the heaviest rains in decades pummeled the KwaZulu-Natal province, killing more than 300 people and causing billions of rand worth of damages to properties and infrastructure. Torrential rainfall caused mudslides, which trapped people under buildings. Officials described the event as one of the worst weather storms in the history of South Africa. President Cyril Ramaphosa said the flooding was a catastrophe of enormous proportions. First indications are that about one month of average rainfall occurred over one or two days. The war in Ukraine is compounding a hunger crisis across East Africa. As drought grips the region and food prices soar, aid agencies have warned. The Horn of Africa is facing one of its most severe droughts in recent history. Three consecutive rainy days have failed to materialize since October 2020 and below average rainfall is forecast again through the end of May. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is making things worse by impeding the wheat trade. The two countries account for about a quarter of the world's wheat exports. That includes the supply of around 90% of East Africa's imported wheat. Wheat accounts for a third of the average national cereal consumption in East Africa. 84% of which is met by imports. Wheat prices have soared 80% since the invasion and further disruption is expected. In Ethiopia, a week after the Russian invasion, the price of sunflower oil rose by 215%. A drought over four consecutive rainy seasons would be unprecedented since records began around 1920. And now, the sounds of extinction. The Bwindi Mountain Gorilla. The mountain gorilla is a very powerful animal, usually over five feet tall, and weighing between 250 and 400 pounds. They live to be about 40 to 50 years old. The mountain gorilla is highly social and lives in relatively stable, cohesive groups held together by long-term bonds between adult males and females. Relationships among females are relatively weak. These groups are non-territorial. The dominant male generally defends his group, rather. The mountain gorilla is primarily terrestrial and quadrupedal. However, it will climb into fruiting trees if the branches can carry its weight. Like all great apes other than humans, its arms are longer than its legs. It moves by knuckle walking, supporting its weight on the backs of its curved fingers rather than its palms. The mountain gorilla is diurnal, spending most of the day eating, as large quantities of food are needed to sustain its massive bulk. It forages in the early morning, rests during the late morning, and in the afternoon it forages again before resting at night. Each gorilla builds a nest from surrounding vegetation to sleep in, constructing a new one every evening. Only infants sleep in the same nest as their mothers. They leave their sleeping sites when the sun rises at around 6 a.m., except when it is cold and overcast. Then they often stay longer in their nests. In Uganda's Buindi Impenetrable National Park is a sanctuary for half of the world's remaining population of endangered mountain gorillas, alongside forest elephants and many other species. Buindi is home to the dense mountain forests of the Albertine Rift and swaths of lowland forests, showcasing hundreds of tree and fern varieties as well as more than 300 species of birds and butterflies. The Ugandan government plans to build a surfaced road that cuts through the park, though scientists and conservationists believe that new roads will imperil the mountain gorillas even further. And here, the sound of the windy mountain gorilla and its habitat.
1: it's loud it's
4: unheard The sunrise. Death makes the sunrise. Death makes the sunrise. Death makes the sunrise. Death 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 makes the sunrise. Death makes the sunrise.
6: Well, and now it's time to say goodbye. This is one of those Earth Church shows that is hardcore. We really look extinction right in the face over the last 29 minutes. But the music was great and the, the words were wise and our intention to work together for the Earth's revolution, it's sincere. We're working together. I'd like to thank Winona LaDuke and Kubi Nado for their wise words their reflections. I'd like to thank Salvatry D and her news from the natural world. Jason Candler is our editor. I'd like to thank the Stop Shopping Choir for Beautiful Earth, Beautiful Earth. I wish you vastness, the wonderful music that comes from the Earth Church Choir. We will return on September 10th. Right now, we're taking a little bit of time off after 69 straight Sundays at the Earth Church on Avenue C in the East Village. I hope to see you coming back to back to the Earth Church on September 10th. So this is Reverend Billy. Somebody give me an Earth Hallelujah! Hallelujah.